Hold on, Gojo. I'm the podcast, Gojo. Uh, I'm coming out here. Say outside we are be on the national championship. Go Dockers. I don't want to, be to apologize for not being able to be on the podcast today. Rolling in the face of Brandon. That LSU scored 178 points on national television. Let's go, Joe. Go Dockers. Hold on, Gojo. I'm confirming the podcast, Gojo. Uh, I'm coming out here. Say how excited we are to be on the national championship. Go Dockers. Don't want me to apologize for not being able to be on the podcast today. Rolling in the face of Brandon. That LSU scored 178 points on national television. Let's go, Joe. Go Dockers. Hello, and welcome to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast. I am Brandon Olson, and I am your only host this episode. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Uh, my usual co-host, Dylan Sanders, is currently out sick with the flu or hungover after the LSU game. Who knows? It was a wild one. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. Um, you can find the podcast or the website on Twitter at Whole9Sports. Not gonna be a super long episode today. I feel like there's not a ton to talk about, but I mean, we'll see where we go. Uh, going to start off by talking about Cleveland Browns have just fired Freddie Kitchens, which I don't know what reports came out that they were waiting to see if they won the Week 17 game. I don't know why beating the Bengals would save your job. Um, but he couldn't do that anyway. So, yeah, he's he's big yikes. Um, I'll say that it's just he's not built to be a head coach, or at least he's not ready to be a head coach yet. Maybe in the future, but at this point in time, he's he is not the move. Um, I'll get to some potential head coaching candidates after these next two pieces. Ron Rivera, former Panthers head coach, is interviewing in Washington, D.C. tomorrow with the Washington team. Um, he is interviewing to be their potential next head coach. They are apparently cleaning house. Owners not even asking people on their own staff for their opinions because he's pushing them all out the door. Um the Carolina Panthers announced that they are planning to interview Matt Rule, who's currently the Baylor head coach. Um, but on that one, I I don't think it's going to happen because Matt Rule very recently, I believe it was on Adam Schefter's podcast, uh, said that in order for him to go to the NFL, there would have to be an ideal situation. And we've seen this because he was going to be the head coach, or he was expected to be the head coach of the Jets after last season. But the ideal, but the situation ended up not being ideal because he said that his two biggest things that he wants the quarterback, which the Jets had in Sam Darnold, or still have, um, and he wants everyone in the organization to be on the same page, a lot of uniform thinking, which usually means that someone's going to have to bring in their own staff. Like, they want that freedom. The Jets were not willing to give that to him. And so that's why he stood at Baylor. I think that the Panthers would be willing to give him that 
total control, but I don't think they have the quarterback unless they plan on keeping Cam and Matt Rule thinks that Cam is the answer. Uh, Kyle Allen is likely not the answer. Will Greer had very rough had a very rough uh, first two games in the NFL. I mean, he was always the guy that he was going to need a year to sit anyway, so I'm not surprised about that. Um, he was my QB three or four in this draft. Not that I was incredibly high on most of them. I, I think Drew Locke was my QB two, and he was in the 40s, I want to say. Um, and even Kyler was QB one, and he was like 23 or something like that. So not incredibly high on the quarterbacks in last year's draft. Um, but looking at if your team, because tomorrow's Black Monday, so if your team does fire their head coach and you're a fan that's looking at some names, hopefully the Giants will fire Pat Shermer, maybe while I'm recording this, that'd be beautiful. Uh, Ron Rivera spoke about him for a quick second, interviewing with Washington. He is a great defensive mind, good disciplinarian type, so he's he's got to be at the top of a lot of lists right now. I don't know why. I don't think he should have gotten fired from Carolina. Uh, I think that was a poor choice on their part. And unless they get one of the top head coaching candidates, I don't think they're going to be able to replace him uh, immediately. Mike McCarthy, former Packers coach, has taken a year off. He has apparently gotten super into analytics and is going to take a new approach to being a head coach. So I'm interested to see where he winds up. I don't want him to come to the Giants uh, if they fire Pat Shermer. I don't think he would do well with the Browns because I think uh, Baker Mayfield is a very strong, or I know Baker Mayfield is a very strong personality. Aaron Rodgers has his ego. Um, I'm wording it differently because one's a lot more in the spotlight about it and one's kind of behind closed doors. Um, But Mike McCarthy, he's already interviewed for the Panthers, I believe. Um, he's, he's helped himself out a ton as far as, uh, I'm sorry. I just got a notification that I had to read. I will talk about it in a second. Um, he's helped himself out a ton in terms of creating some interest for himself by looking at the analytics and by letting that influence him. Um, I'm sorry. The thing that I was reading about is that Damon Harrison, Detroit Lions nose tackle, uh, has said that he's not sure if he's going to play again, that he might retire. So that sucks. Um, that he's one of my favorites. Great guy. Class act, really. Um, super talented. One of the best run defenders in the NFL, without a doubt. I don't care what you say or what analytics say if they say he's not. Uh not I'm not Mike McCarthy. I'm not super into what's going on with all the analytics, but uh, some other head coaching names. Now bouncing back to that, Josh McDaniels, New England Patriots offensive coordinator, um, former Denver Broncos head coach, drafted Tebow in the first round. Didn't work out super well for him. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, Josh McDaniels. He's he's always in the mix for these things, and he never leaves. So until he actually decides to do it i'm not giving him a ton of i'm not wasting my breath on him until he actually decides to go somewhere because he agreed to be the colts head coach and then backed out and the colts won that move huge um greg roman 
is a very interesting name. Uh, I would like to see him personally go to the Browns. Fantastic offensive mind helped build this offense that Lamar Jackson is thriving in right now. Um, the Ravens, I believe today, set the record for most team rushing yards in a season, which is just incredible. Um, I'm not sure if he wants to leave Baltimore, though, or at least not yet. Dan Campbell, he was an interim head coach with the Dolphins, uh, but it was like a, it was a long season interim head coach. It was like a very early firing, and he took over for the majority of the season. Didn't play or didn't do a bad job. He interviewed for the Browns' head coaching job last off season. Didn't get it. They made the wrong choice. I don't care how bad uh, Dan Campbell would have been. They made the wrong choice with Freddie Kitchens. Uh, you don't hire your head coach based on your quarterback saying that he likes him. Uh, especially when it came out that apparently Freddie Kitchens wasn't the one that did a ton of the work on the offense there. And then some other names. I saw Urban Meyer. They said that he inter- that he's connected to Washington. I don't see it happening. I think he's done coaching. I just, I don't think he wants to do that anymore. Maybe the NFL would be more enticing since he wouldn't have to go on the road recruiting. He wouldn't have to do all that work, but I don't I don't think it happens. Um, I think he's just done. I think he likes being an analyst. Matt Rule, Baylor's head coach. Big disciplinarian type guy. Um, he built this insane, or he had this insane comeback. Phoenix from the ashes, really, with Baylor. They were just... They were the lowest of the low, and he made them a team that you want to root for, kind of. Um, he's he's a great guy, it looks like. He's my favorite coaching candidate out there. Um, he's coached both offensively and defensively, so he's not just a disciplinarian. Like, he can bounce around. He's smart. He's versatile. And Matt Campbell, uh, Iowa State head coach, former Toledo head coach. Hey, how you doing? Um... <laughs> love his style he turned down interviews last year i feel like he'll do the same this year i think he i think he feels as though he's got unfinished business in the big 12 and i think he'll stay but if he is going to leave i would look at cleveland uh matt campbell's an ohio boy he went to college in ohio played d3 football um you know i i just i don't think that he's going to leave, but if he would, I would expect him to go to Cleveland. Um, Lincoln Riley, perpetually connected with the Dallas Cowboys, fantastic offensive mind. I think a big thing with him would be who his defensive coordinator is going to be. I don't think he would bring Alex Grinch with him from Oklahoma, even though the defense completely turned around this year. Alex Grinch has done a great job. I don't think that uh, Lincoln Riley would bring him to the NFL with him, though. So I think it would come down a lot to who would Lincoln Riley's defensive coordinator be because he's not going to do the coaching there. So it really depends on that. Um, Brian Dable, the Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, he's an underrated name. And then also another defensive coordinator is San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. I think that they both could take head coaching jobs this year. I think that... Uh, Brian Dable would. I also said defense coordinator. He's an offensive coordinator. I don't know. I'm, it's yeah. 
gonna be a long one uh i messed up the intro like four times had to keep restarting so don't mind that um brian dable i think though could get some head coaching interest not super sure where he would find a fit i don't like his fit with baker i don't think he would do well with baker's personality just because i think you need a very specific coach for baker matt campbell's disciplinarian so i like that i like the same thing i think i said last week matt rule with baker would be good because he needs that disciplinarian type uh not that this guy is leaving the chargers but anthony lynn i think would be a great person to go with baker i don't think that ron rivera would put up with baker's antics so i don't think that's a good fit in any way shape or form um yeah i think with cleveland you have the hardest job because you have to find someone that fits your quarterback and all the big personalities that you have and i'm not sure that there are a ton of options there this year for that so we'll see it's interesting uh it's a rough situation with cleveland it's just it's ugly too honestly if we're gonna say if we're gonna be real it's it's pretty ugly um they finally have they have a roster that aside from the offensive line and a couple of uh not I don't know, a couple of not great spots on defense, they have an offensive they have an offense and a team that could compete. They just super underperform this year. Uh so that's that's rough. And then so I'm done with the head coaching talk now going on to just gonna talk about the bowl games that happened yesterday because whew, all right, um, I'm going to work my way to the main ones. So the first one going to talk about is number 15, Notre Dame, absolutely dominating Iowa State. And this is one of the reasons that I think Matt Campbell comes back because Iowa State's incredibly young. They're very talented. They shouldn't have gotten beaten that bad by Notre Dame. And I think Matt Campbell has a genuine sense of pride that he wants to win and compete in his conference i mean i'm not sure how much better he would feel about winning or competing in that conference if lincoln riley and or matt rule leave but either way i think he wants to get it done he seems like a guy that he's really invested in iowa state really wants to compete really wants to win games and yeah we've seen that he's he's just gonna keep getting pay raises every year apparently um but we've seen that he's willing to turn down NFL offers. Uh, Chase Claypool won MVP of the Camping World Bowl because he was just phenomenal. Uh, Notre Dame had 247 passing yards. Chase Claypool had 146 catches. Um, (laughs) 146 of the receiving yards. Uh, Seven catches, not 146. They only had 20 completions. Um... Chase Claypool is a name that he's been rising. I'm pretty sure he's going to be at the senior role, so we'll see him there. Big special teamer. He should get drafted on that alone, let alone his actual offensive ability. Uh, Iowa State just struggled. Brock Purdy, he didn't play a bad game. It just it wasn't a good one either. Um, Bryce Hall got really just stuffed at the line. I think Iowa State's biggest weakness right now is that I don't think they have a ton of receiver talent love their tight ends uh love the michael petway deshante jones steps up but uh, they don't have that guy um like they had akeem butler last year they don't have a guy like that this year 
and I'm hoping that next year they'll be able to figure something out because big I, I love Iowa State, I'm not gonna lie. Watching the Big Twelve, I just like all of the Big Twelve teams now. So yeah, hoping that Iowa State can figure it out. Um the next game is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Number ten, Penn State took on number seventeen, Memphis. And so Penn State won this game by fourteen, but honestly, I think it should have been more. Um, Mike Norvell wasn't there with Memphis. I think that that should have played a role in Penn, in Penn State being able to. I almost said Memphis. Um, in in Penn State being able to kind of really handle Memphis the entire time. Uh, not exactly what happened. It was a one score game at one point in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, Journey Brown, as I think was, uh, I think it was Bleacher Report Gridiron said Journey Brown was doing his best Saquon Barkley impression. And then Saquon said, nah, that's just Journey Brown doing Journey Brown, um, which is cool to see. Uh, Noah Nova Kane also had a great game. Uh, both of them had two touchdowns on the ground for Penn State. The run game is what absolutely dominated for them. They had 396 yards. 202 of them came from Journey Brown. Another 92 came from Nova Kane. Uh, so 294 yards from those two combined on 31 carries. Just pure domination. Uh, Pat Freermuth. He obviously the passing game didn't do much. They had I think like 120 or 30 passing yards. Uh, Pat Freermuth just ran through people. Uh, he was not willing to get tackled, so that was fun to see. But yeah, he only had two catches, so not a ton of production. But the film still looked good. Oh man, these games are going to be uh, <clears throat> going to be a little rough. Just because it was just yikes. Uh, I'm going to start off with the worst one. So number one, LSU took on number four, Oklahoma. And Joe Burrow put forth the greatest single half performance I have ever seen. In which if he did that in a full game, it, it would have been amazing as it was. Um, but now he did in the first half, Joe Burrow through for seven touchdowns all in the first half and then he ran for one in the second half um it got to the point where justin jefferson he, he like ran out of celebrations so he literally just started counting the touchdowns because he scored four of them himself um i believe he had four of the first five and then parnell motley who i sang his praises before the game blew his coverage like just completely blew. It's not like he got necessarily beat in coverage. He just made the wrong call. Thaddeus Moss is then wide open for a sixty-yard touchdown. Um, it was, it was really rough. Um, it's just as someone that was hoping and expecting a good game, it was rough. But like I've said before, that um. Oklahoma was always going to be a team that if Jalen Hurts didn't play an amazing game, it was done for them. They were just done because this is Oklahoma is a team that first of all, I don't think they belong in the top 4. I like I don't think 
that there was a great top four team to put in there, really. Um, but Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts has just been disappointing a lot. He's been productive, of course. Good for him. Great for him. I don't care about that. His film looks bad. And you can't have bad film and play a team like LSU and expect to walk away with a victory. That's just not going to happen. Caleb um, Chason played a fantastic game for LSU. He was just all over the place defensively. He was tackling CeeDee Lamb downfield at one point. Um, it, it, was, it was wild, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, really just a bad game overall. Um, I'm pretty sure at one point he was like 2 for 11 or something. Like it was it was rough. Uh, at one point, I know that Joe Burrow had four touchdowns and Jalen Hurts had two completions because I remember that Jalen Hurt that uh Joe Burrow had twice as many passing touchdowns as Jalen Hurts had completions. So that was rough. Uh Spencer Rattler came in the game late. Jalen Hurts, he couldn't get going really on the ground either. He had a couple of drives. He had one play that was a touchdown run that was already on the goal line. They ran an option. He faked the toss. Great block by CD Lamb to set the edge for him. And Jalen Hurts got to go into the end zone untouched. Great play. Uh, But unless you're willing to live and die by Jalen Hurts either playing horribly or playing okay, not going to go over well for you. Uh, He is best built to be the next Taysom Hill type player. I know I've said that about Khalil Tate. I think it rings even more true with Jalen Hurts because I think Jalen Hurts has a much lower ceiling than Khalil Tate. Um, Jalen Hurts' leadership, unmatched, no doubt about it. Um, But leadership does not make you a good quarterback. It definitely helps you, but it doesn't make you a talented quarterback. Um, Kennedy Brooks couldn't get going, and then early on, the Sooners really had to just abandon the run cd lamb still had his his numbers i'll say um couldn't find the end zone great tracking ability he showed that off on a deep ball i think it was i think it was like 50 yards caught near the goal line um yeah clyde edwards hilaire he didn't play much he was nursing his hamstring injury hopefully he'll be full health he'll be at a uh, full health for the championship but Chris Curry played a pretty dang good game. Um, only 16 carries because LSU seriously wasn't even trying to run the ball in the first half. Uh, Brendan Radley Hiles, who most people now know is just number 44 in Oklahoma. Uh, bookie, cheap shouted Clyde Edwards Hilaire, targeting call on a play where he should have gone to tackle Joe Burrow, but Edwards Hilaire was there, so he just hit him in the face. Um, Got ejected for that, and he is Oklahoma's best nickel defender. When Brendan Radley Hiles got ejected, that was the point where the game was just over, pretty much, because Kenneth Murray was injured. Brendan Radley Hiles got ejected. <clears throat> Ooh, <laughs> Brendan Radley Hiles got ejected, and they just had no chance at that point because LSU would just put Justin Jefferson in the slot and just let him dominate whoever was lined up on him. Uh, What I said Oklahoma should have done was keep Parnell Motley on Jamar Chase, uh, which I think Jamar Chase had like two catches for 60 yards, something like that. 
Uh, not it wasn't necessarily that the defense was so airtight. It's that Jeff- Justin Jefferson was just dogging. Um, so they should have put Parnell Motley on Jamar Chase, Trey Brown on Justin Jefferson, and follow him. Even if it's a slot, no matter what, follow him. Uh, but they would kind of just match up wherever Justin Jefferson lined up, which would always be the slot because he was always open, and he would just put in work on whoever was trying to guard him. Uh, Oklahoma didn't really make the adjustments to defend him with double coverage or anything. They There were plays where he was covered and he just went up and made the catch because he was better than the defender. But uh, I don't know. I was hoping for more adjustments. They weren't there. Love Alex Grinch. Love what he did with this Oklahoma defense. But he failed to make adjustments. And when you fail to make adjustments and you're the worst team, you're going to get blown out 63-28 to 28, like what happened to Oklahoma. Um, so that was just... I don't know. I shut it off, honestly. <laughs> I shut it off. I think it was early in the third quarter. I was just like, I'm done. Like I'm not sitting through this anymore. I would rather be doing literally anything. Uh, second half was quick though. I got the notification that the that it ended pretty quick. Um, it was like I know I'm gonna have to watch it for scouting purposes unless Oklahoma took out their starters, which I'm hoping. Uh, but it was just it was so ugly to watch and just so rough, and I hated it because I was really hoping for a good game. Um, the next game was the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl between number three Clemson and number two Ohio State. Clemson was favored by two and a half points, and I remember saying that I would have taken Ohio State at plus two and a half because I thought Ohio State was going to win the game. Clemson was the more complete team, but I thought that Ohio State would have been able to pull it out. Uh, They were not. Clemson won 29-23. Justin Fields had 40 touchdowns and one interception going into this game. He threw one touchdown and two interceptions in this game. I'm not blaming him at all for the loss. Uh, J.K. Dobbins played a fantastic game, tweaked his ankle, so that sucked because that really slowed him down the remainder of the game. You could tell he was limping around everywhere. Uh, Honestly, I think one of the parts that hurt him most with that was that his pass protection, he was slow moving laterally, and so he would struggle picking up some some of his uh, blitz pickups. But, of course ankle injury i believe it's a sprained ankle uh that ankle injury kept him from moving around that sucked that hurt the team a ton jeff okuda corner on ohio state played a fantastic game he got targeted a, a decent amount by trevor lawrence uh but he was there to make a lot of the plays great coverage got his hand in there a couple times actually let me see how many uh passes he defended that he have yeah two all right and i can remember both of them he just got his arm in perfectly um controversial call with i think it was t higgins went to catch the ball took four steps dropped it ohio state recovered it for a touchdown and then the referees reviewed it and said that it wasn't a touchdown but it or said that it wasn't a fumble definitely should have been um and then this game this is where we found out who the better head coach was really because this was these two teams are pretty evenly matched almost across the board. Um, but this is where we found out who the better head coach was because Dabo Swinney 
called a fantastic game on film. You could see that Chase Young is a little over-aggressive. Um, and so Dabo Swinney, they took Trevor Lawrence. They ran counters, options. They were working Chase Young a lot of the games. A lot of the game. I don't know why I said games. Um, a lot of the game. They would run options to the to Chase Young's side. And if he was over-aggressive, Trevor Lawrence would take it. And Trevor Lawrence had over 100 rushing yards. He had a 67-yard run that no one expected. He uh, he juked out a safety, which he was like, what the hell is going on? I was freaking out when I was watching that play because um, that was just insane. I thought he was going to slide. Instead, he juked out the safety. Um, Travis Etienne, fantastic game. Just on the ground, not great. But in the air, he had three catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. And I know at least I remember seeing one of them was a screen. Don't remember exactly what the other one was. Uh, it was just it was a wild game. Um, yeah, Travis Etienne, his biggest question mark has been that he's not a huge producer in the passing game. I don't think that necessarily answered all the questions for him because screens a lot of the times it's kind of like running the ball really uh you just catch it you've got your old lineman in front of you you find a hole you get up you get up here as fast as you can there um justin ross had an okay game he uh i don't know he wasn't making a ton of plays deep downfield he was kind of just being a safety blanket this game he's relegated to that job um sean wade corner on ohio state got ejected on a ridiculous targeting call if someone drops their body that much as much as trevor lawrence did uh you should not be penalized for hitting them in the head because clearly you are going for their body um t higgins didn't have a great game he was matched up with jeff okuda for a lot of the game um also the first half t higgins got hurt and they said concussion and then he came in the second half, so I don't know what happened there, but that was ridiculous. Uh, and I saw people say like, "Oh, like don't sweat the small stuff." That's not a that's not small stuff. Um, concussions are no joke. That's ridiculous that he came back, and I don't care what's on the line. Uh, but yeah, Justin Fields' late interception that was, I I like to say this is nobody's fault, um, because. Justin Fields threw the ball deep over the middle, but Chris Olave running an option route broke it outside. So Fields thought one thing, Olave thought the other. It was just simple miscommunication. I don't really like putting blame on either player for that. Uh, the other interception was a fantastic play by Isaiah Simmons, who I've decided I'm just going to start labeling him as defense. Um, he's not linebacker he's not a safety he's just a defense that's it that's what he is um he was actually playing a lot of the deep middle which was cool to see from someone that's 6'4 230 um helped his stock out it seemed like everyone was making big plays that was a that's a big name draft prospect um i know people said chase young didn't because he didn't get sacks or anything but he hit Trevor Lawrence a few times in the backfield. He got not exposed, but that's his weakness really is his aggressiveness, and Clemson took advantage of it. 
But, uh, you know, he still played great. If you watch the film, he still had a very good game. It just wasn't a... He's not... I don't think he's going to be a box score stuffer, really, in the NFL. I don't think that's his role. I think he's going to... Obviously... Okay. I think he'll have the double-digit sack seasons in the NFL. But I don't think he's going to be the world leader that people are expecting him to be. I think he's going to be double-digit sacks and just a ton of QB pressure, which honestly, I'm fine with. That's still worth the number one pick, even though he'll go number two probably. But that's still worth the number one pick to me is just having that presence. I I get Joe Burrow's going one. I think he should. But I'm saying I would not be mad if Chase Young went one because I think he's going to have that impact on the game. It's just not going to be with the sack numbers necessarily. Um, and then moving on from that, I was going to review just a few NFL games, but I figured rather than doing that, I was going to look at the top 20 of the NFL draft order because that's now officially set. I'm recording this very early in the 49ers-Seahawks game. Uh, 49ers just took a 10 nothing lead. So I, I know I said very early. It's it's the second quarter. Um, but yes, so 49ers just took a 10 nothing lead. Uh, the official 2020 NFL draft order for the top 20, so the non-playoff teams, Cincinnati Bengals, Washington, Detroit Lions, New York Giants, Miami Dolphins are the top five. Next five are the Chargers, Panthers, Cardinals, Jaguars, Browns, then Jets, Raiders, Colts, Bucks, Broncos, and the final five are Falcons, Cowboys, Dolphins, Raiders, Jaguars. Um... So Lions almost hurt themselves today by almost winning the game against the Packers. The Packers have led the Lions for zero seconds this year, but won both games. So that's mind-boggling. Bengals likely taking Joe Burrow. Washington's likely taking Chase Young. At that point, Lions, I would expect them to take Jeff Okuda. Whether or not they keep Darius Slay, I think that Jeff Okuda should be the pick because if you lose Darius Slay, you can try replacing him with Jeff Okuda. If you keep Darius Slay, you pair him with Jeff Okuda and you have instantly one of the best man cover corners, one one of the best man corner cover duos that you'll find. I've royally jacked that up. Man cover corner duos. Jesus. All right. Um, behind that, you've got the Giants at four, which need offensive line help. So I would hope that that's where they go. But at the same time, I wouldn't be mad at taking Isaiah Simmons. Um, I know it's, I know people are going to say it's high for a linebacker. He's not a linebacker. He's just he's defense. That's it. Uh, ideally, I know every Giants fan that I speak to wants to trade down if we can't get Okuda or Young. Totally understand it. Uh, I think that we should be looking. We. I, I hate when people do that. I need to stop doing that. Uh, I think that the Giants should be looking to trade down with maybe the Chargers or Panthers if they want to move ahead of the Dolphins to take maybe Tua Tungvaloa. Um Cardinals aren't necessarily a trade-down option. Jags likely aren't going to do it. Browns, unless they're trading up to take an offensive lineman ahead of teams like the Chargers and Cardinals... Maybe that's an option. Uh, Browns would have to give up quite a lot, though, to move up from 10 to 4. Chargers, Panthers would be my ideal guys because then we could trade up. uh, Again, that just did it again, the Wii. Uh, Giants could trade down with Chargers, Panthers. You can charge a premium because they're trading up for a quarterback. 
and then you could take either the offensive tackle you want or Isaiah Simmons. Those should they should all be there. Uh, or if it's trading up for a quarterback, you should have the option between offensive lineman or Isaiah Simmons uh, or AJ Epinesa from Iowa. I know that he's fallen down boards a lot. I don't understand why. I know his production hasn't totally been there. Um, he's still a very good football player. Watch the film. Just because Chase Young got a lot better does not mean that the rest of the edge class got a lot worse. It seems that people are kind of taking that approach. Um, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me at all. And then, so here's the thing. I think Jets are actually a trade-up candidate also because you've got Cardinals, Jags, Browns right ahead of you. Not that I necessarily think the Jaguars are going to take an offensive tackle, but Cardinals and Browns should be looking at tackle. Uh, Chargers could too, so I think that the Jets are all, that the Jets are also a trade up candidate. Um, offensive tackles deep, very talented this year, but I do think that they're going to go quick. So I think the Jets might want to look into trading up. Uh, Colts, I don't know if they'll trade up. Chris Ballard doesn't seem like the aggressive trade up kind of guy. He's been more of a trade down guy since he got the job. Uh, I know that. They are apparently interested in Justin Herbert. That'd be pretty cool, I think. Uh, I think he would work out well. I think that would actually be an ideal situation for him because really the reason Jacoby Brissett didn't work is because he couldn't necessarily make the plays they needed, uh, which weren't a ton of huge plays. He couldn't win them games. He could lose them games. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to do you much losing games. Um which is what I think this team needs because you've got pretty decent run game, very good O-line, um, good defense. So if you can get your quarterback in place without putting a ton of pressure on him immediately, you've got T.Y. there, you've got Jack Doyle. Uh, doesn't look like Eric Ebron's going to come back. You've got young Paris Campbell. You've got a team that has a lot of strengths already, but one really bad weakness in quarterback. Um, I thought they were going to be a lot better because I thought Jacoby Brissett was going to be able to just be game manager style. He just hasn't really. Um, Bucks, we'll have to see what happens with Jameis, whether he's still there or not. First ever 30, 35,000 player, um, which is wild. Broncos, I think the Broncos are in a fantastic spot to sit there and wait because they do need offensive line help, but I don't know if they're willing to trade up for it. They just paid Juwan James. They drafted Garrett Bowles a couple years ago. They drafted Dalton Reisner last year. Um, I think they're willing to just sit back and wait. And they've seemingly got their quarterback. I think he finished 4-1 and one or 3-1 and one in, his, uh, in his career as a starter so far. Um They've got receiver talent. They need receiver speed, which should be there because, like I just spoke about with a lot of people, it's going to be a lot of offensive tackles going early. I think corners are going to go early. Quarterbacks, you're probably going to have three go before the Broncos get to pick. Obviously not saying Broncos should be interested in quarterback, but those are three picks that are taken up that's going to let position players fall down. Um I think the Broncos might be looking at Henry Ruggs. I think they need some speed there on the outside. Ruggs should be the guy. Or Ruggs could be the guy. 
Falcons, their offensive line played rough this year, but they're a very young offensive line, really. Uh, Alex Mack is up there, but they spent quite a bit of their draft capital in recent years on the offensive line. I'm not sure if they look to attack that again or if they're going to try to build up defense. Um, they don't need receiver help, but they might be looking to build their defense, which seems hurt just all the time. Uh, Cowboys are up next. I'd look at safety for them with either Grant Delpit or Xavier McKinney. Dolphins pick again then. Raiders are picking again. And then Jaguars pick again. It's shaving up to be a draft that a ton of talent, a ton of depth, and it seems like where guys should land based on talent. It seems like we're going to have a lot of good guys fall late for teams that are going to be reaching a little bit for uh, positional needs, which, I mean, I'm all for. I'm all for seeing it. I'm interested in it. I want to see the Giants trade down. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an awesome postseason, and it's almost full-blown draft season for us, so I can't wait. Uh, that is the show tonight, though. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find my usual co-host on Twitter, Dylan Sanders, at Dilly Sanders. Follow us on Twitter at Whole9Sports, W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E, Sports. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Leave an iTunes review, Spotify, follow us. Uh, get us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want, Facebook. We're on it all. Uh, Thank you and have a good night. We'll see you for the midweek episode. Bye.